From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Thursday, July 1st. Governor Spencer Cox is pleading with Utahns to forego personal fireworks during these difficult weather conditions across the state. He made the plea yesterday during a press conference surrounded by a coalition of city mayors and fire officials. Please, please, please celebrate without personal fireworks. The governor's comments came on the eve of July, a month typically associated with fireworks in Utah for both Independence Day and Pioneer Day. Cox says fireworks were the cause of 65 wildfires in Utah last year. He says those starts destroyed personal property, threatened lives, and were preventable. However, the governor stopped short of banning personal fireworks in Utah entirely. He says he does not have the authority to do so. As governor, my my hands are tied on that one. As I've said before, if I could issue a ban on personal fireworks, I would. But state law does not allow me to do that. So I'm asking you, I'm imploring you, each of you, to do the right thing. And the right thing this year is to put your personal fireworks away. Fireworks are prohibited on public lands. They're also prohibited in Grand County. In Moab City, however, personal fireworks are prohibited on parkways, pedestrian paths, over or within 200 feet of Pack Creek and Mill Creek, and within 20 feet of any residence or structure. The city of Moab says these are the most stringent restrictions possible under state law. But other municipalities across the state claim they do have legal standing to ban personal fireworks. They include Salt Lake City, Holiday, Ogden, and Park City. Park City's ban is supported by a state designation that declares their entire municipality a wildland-urban interface. Cox and other elected officials have said they hope Utahns are satisfied this year with public fireworks displays, so much so they will not light their own. Communities across the state are hosting public fireworks displays because the firefighters are right on scene. Uh, These are professional fireworks shows, and it's a much safer option. Moab City and Grand County's fireworks show is July 4th. It will be showcased from Sandflats Recreation Area at approximately dark. Moab City is running into problems with the contractor slated to build the first phase of the affordable Walnut Lane apartments. According to the city's senior projects manager, Caitlin Myers, contractor IndieDwell is months behind schedule. We're about three months delayed with IndieDwell. Um, I don't think that's a surprise to anyone here. Technically, we should have been complete with the work, but... We are just now at the building plan submission process. The biggest holdup on the first phase of the project is that Dwell says they cannot meet the requirements of a performance bond outlined in their contract with Moab City. A performance bond guarantees the completion of a project by a contractor. Dwell told city staff that they likely need to renegotiate, blaming price surges in construction costs and materials. Price surges and the performance bond issues are kind of working hand in hand, um, and it's just causing a lot of problems for them. After a presentation from Myers, the city council recommended she send contractor Dwell a notice to cure. That means they have 30 days to address any issues that haven't been completed in their contract. After those 30 days are up, if Dwell still hasn't fixed the issues, then Moab City must decide whether to terminate their contract and find a new builder. They could also press pause on the Walnut Lane apartment project or redraw their plans entirely. 
The Walnut Lane Apartments project was slated to provide 80 housing units for a mix of incomes by 2025. The first eight units were in the pipeline for this summer. If Moab City does choose to move forward with their original master plan, Myers said they still will likely need to come up with more funding due to the rising cost of construction. Whether we do it with IndieDwell and we keep moving forward with them, or we move forward with any other builder, prices are just going to be higher right now. So it's this question of time versus money. Do we want to wait and see what happens, um, or do we want to keep moving forward? The American Rescue Plan could offer some help with funding, but other city departments are also looking to that pot of money for water and sewer infrastructure improvements. During their special meeting yesterday, city staff also touched on the need for providing immediate housing assistance to some city employees through housing stipends. Moab's police chief has said that lack of local housing is complicating the hiring process for new officers. Housing issues and potential solutions will likely stay on the city's meeting agendas for the immediate future. Speaking of housing, as the demand to live in western towns continues to explode, the housing crunch for local workers is more dire than ever. One way several town governments are trying to help is by offering down payment assistance for some of those workers to buy homes. Will Walkie from KHOL reports on how that effort is going in Jackson, Wyoming. Charlotte DePrisco is an elementary school counselor who grew up in Jackson. At 34, she and her fiancé are looking to buy a home of their own and potentially start a family. But over the past six months they've been looking, they haven't been able to find anything they can afford. We've looked at condos that are 900 grand and they're two bedroom, one bath, and they're, they need work. And that's just not feasible for us. The average sale price of a single-family home in Jackson Hole was about $4.3 million in the first quarter of 2021, according to a recent market report. Katie Brady has been working in Jackson real estate for more than a decade, and she says the local demand for houses has skyrocketed since the second half of 2020. Properties are getting half dozen to a dozen offers within the first day or so, and, and a lot of that has to do with the limited inventory. Brady says there's only a handful of properties under $1 million available in Jackson at any given time. But that's still way too expensive for the majority of area residents, including DePrisco. She's also been looking for options through the Teton County Affordable Housing Department, but that hasn't worked out either. We make too much money for an affordable housing unit, but we can't afford a free market. So we're stuck in this limbo, this like gray area. Educators, police officers, and even doctors are struggling to make a life for themselves in Jackson. That's where April Norton comes in. We've seen households that could afford a three or four or five thousand dollar monthly payment, but they don't have a hundred thousand dollars sitting around, and that's been a real barrier for them. Norton is the first director of Teton County's Affordable Housing Department. This year, she helped launch a preservation program that helps local workers pay a higher down payment on their home so that they can get a more reasonable mortgage. The pilot grants up to $150,000 for every family accepted into the program. It seems like a win-win for the, the folks who want to stay here and live here and own here. In return for the assistance, Teton County puts a cap on the appreciation value of the home once it's sold, making sure it remains affordable over time. It also establishes a permanent restriction on the property. Whoever lives there must make the majority of their income in Jackson Hole. The point of that is just to make sure that we're not getting what we love to call modem cowboys coming in and applying for and getting workforce homes. 
And we really want to provide housing for people who need to be here to do their jobs. Norton says another benefit is that it helps protect existing housing stock from being redeveloped into mansions. That was part of the inspiration behind the model that Jackson's program is based on in Vail, Colorado. We've come to grips at, at least a long time ago that we're not going to build our way out of this problem. So we, we sought to come up with a program that that had a focus on protecting and preserving some of those existing dwelling units in the town of Vail. George Ruther is housing director in Vail, and he helped start a program called Vail Indeed in 2017. Jackson's effort isn't exactly the same, but the general outcome is. And in Vail, it's been really successful. We spent, like I said, about $11 million on 170 deed restrictions, and we've provided housing for 350, 360 individuals. Other resort communities, from Breckenridge, Colorado, to lakeside towns in Michigan, have also adopted similar programs. And some early evidence seems to indicate that they're working. Two years after Vail Indeed began, an economic study found that the town's investment in housing yielded a 5% return for local taxpayers. It's no different than roads, bridges, schools, fire departments, etc. Meaning without housing for our, our year-round residents and our workforce, Vail isn't a resort community. Jackson has not yet seen that success. Just three families have used the down payment assistance program thus far. DePrisco applied and was accepted into it, but she says that 150000 in help just wasn't enough. I feel like if someone was listening to this that didn't live here and didn't know what it was like, they'd be like, are you serious? But it barely made a dent. <laughs> and like, That's so sad. Norton, the Teton County Housing Director, says it's really hard for her department to compete with out-of-towners with cash. That's why she'd like to have more resources akin to Colorado, a higher tax state. Norton does still have about $500,000 at her disposal to help get Jackson Hole's down payment assistance program off the ground. She says it'll just take time. For KHOL News and Rocky Mountain Community Radio, I'm Will Walkie. This story is part of a Rocky Mountain Community Radio reporting collaboration on affordable housing funded by the Solutions Journalism Network. And that's the KZMU News for Thursday, July 1st. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.